welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. I have something I feel like we need to hear as a church right now. I mean, we just finished up a series and you never finish. I mean, we'll hit it again later in our church's existence. Um, Faith in love and how we need to realize that God is love. It'd be a lot easier to trust him for help if you realize he wants to more than is just able to. And faith in love will bring you to that level of faith that will help you greatly. And they're all in the archives free of charge if you want to go listen to them. Great revelation the Lord gave us. But I've got something today that I really believe is so pertinent for what's going on right now in the earth realm. And if you haven't noticed, there's some interesting things happening (laughs) in the world today, not just in our country, but in the world today. And the Lord has answers. He's got protection. He's got power. He's got solutions for all of it. If you ever ever had a thought, maybe I'm going to look a little deeper into the Bible. Uh, Today's act on that thought. (laughs) Okay. It is totally time. Boot camp is over. We are being surrounded by warfare like we haven't seen in a long time or even ever in our, in our country, because um, there's just some things that are starting to happen and it's, it's not good, but there's still a lot of good news in the earth realm. Because until the church is out of here in the rapture that we just talked about, uh, there's a lot of good news. And it can totally override the bad news if we'll be the church like we're supposed to be. And so I don't have the form with me, um, but we have a form that we make available online. It's called Are You Struggling? And anybody can go online and fill it out and push send and it'll come immediately to me and to others and we'll immediately start praying and believing for you in those areas that you're struggling with. And I I felt led to have this because I wanted to just let the people know that we care and, and we want to make sure that your needs are being addressed. And since I'm not omniscient, I do I am led by the Spirit, but that still doesn't mean I know everything. Sometimes it's good to hear from the people. And so it's a, you can get a hard copy of it from the secretary in the office during office hours. You can go online and find it. Just click on resources, I think, something that says, are you struggling? It's a form you can fill out. There's about seven things on there that I felt prompted to ask if you were struggling with. One of them was unclear purpose. One of them was loneliness. One of them was guilt. One of them was depression. One of them was sickness and disease. One of them was financial lack. One of them was, I think, uh, addictions, sins and habits that you're trying to overcome. And we've been receiving a lot of feedback from the people in the church and some people online, our e-members that don't even live here, but you're, you're a part of us. And the number one thing that most people are struggling with is unclear purpose. Haven't really been able to put my finger on why I'm here. Why don't I just die and go to heaven? Is there anything for me to do? Well, there's a lot for you to do. And it's royal work. It's kingdom business. And you will love it. And I think a lot of times, you know, people, they don't realize it, but they're struggling. They're depressed. 
They don't seem to be making connection with God because God and his plan is over here, but they're way over here wondering what to do. And the Lord's going to give you some good things today through your pastor to help you in this area. All right, we are going to decrease this number one thing people are struggling with today. You will not have any question about your purpose by the end of this service as a believer. Is that good news? Aren't you glad you don't have to be behind a pulpit to be fulfilling your purpose in Jesus? Most people will not be behind a pulpit in their fulfillment of their purpose in Jesus. Most people won't be behind a pulpit doing what I'm doing right now. Some will, but most people won't. And whatever you're doing beyond the pulpit is just as powerful, just as rewarded, just as amazing as me behind the pulpit. Because here's something the church needs to realize. There will be rewards in heaven for our faithfulness in what he's called us to do. And those rewards are not based on status. They're based on service in whatever he's called you to do. So um, unclear purpose was the number one thing that we're getting feedback from that people are struggling with. So no wonder the spirit of God prompted me to share on this. Um, As I was looking at this, I started realizing that guilt, depression, financial lack, sickness even, and and these other things, they will actually clear up if you get this thing down. If you get the unclear purpose thing fixed, then you're going to start seeing all kinds of stuff happen in your life a lot easier because you're where God wants you. Doing what he wants you to do. You know, as much as I love people beyond this church who work in other places, I'm not really prompted to give them a paycheck if they don't work here. Are you following me? And God's not really super excited about giving us all these resources if we're somewhere where he didn't tell us to be doing things he didn't tell us to do. When you get this purpose thing down, it's easy to believe for things because now you don't just want it. You need it. And what if you had to have it, this blessing, this thing, to do what he called you to do? Well, that's powerful as it gets. Did you know when you're doing the will of God for your life and you're fulfilling his purpose for your life, you have to have some things. It's not even a, it'd be cool, it'd be great, golly, it'd be nice. No, you have to. What if you had to prosper because something God called you to do required it? Well, your faith will come up. I think people need to realize they have faith to receive these things from God, but you need strong reasons for that faith to come up and radically be different than everybody around you and receive things that only God can give. A lot of people have faith in them, but it's just kind of lying dormant. There's not a strong enough reason to wake it up and cause them to be bold like they need to be bold and take what they need to take. And so unclear purpose is a root problem of a lot of other problems. So let's get this fixed today, can we? Say this, I have a purpose. God has a call on my life. I'm going to see it. I'm going to do it. And it's going to be amazing. So let's, do, let's go to a couple of scriptures. Let's look at first. I want you to go to Genesis 24. And I'm going to have the Today's Living Bible. If you guys can put this. Most of these scriptures today are going to be out of the TLB. So Genesis 24, 12 out of the TLB. Before we get there, I just, this is something I really feel like the Lord just wanted me to drive into you today. 
when we are putting God and his things first, because he can be second, he can be third, he can be fourth, he can be fifth. But when we're putting God and his things first, not only are we trusting that his way is the best way. I mean, let's face it. If you're going to put God first, you've got some faith. God, um, you want me to do this? This is your purpose from our life? Well, I have a purpose, Lord, and it's kind of exciting too. But I trust that your purpose blows away my puny purpose. See, putting God first is a sign you trust his way is the best way for you. And you're going to have to trust that because it's not going to feel like it or look like it initially. You're going to just have to believe that if I give up this for this, it's better whether, whether I understand it or not. But not only... Are you going to, tr- not only does it show you're trusting that his way is the best way when you follow him. I said this already, but I want to get this in. It's easy to receive what we need from God while we are fulfilling his purpose for our life. I didn't say it's impossible to receive things from God if you're not in his perfect plan, but it's easy to receive what we need from God while we are fulfilling his purpose for our life. Do you understand what the Lord's saying in that? You'll have an easier time receiving prosperity, deliverance from depression, healing in in the area of sickness and disease. It's easier to receive the things you need from God while you're fulfilling his purpose for your life because fulfilling his purpose for your life requires you have some of these things. Then say you can't do anything. You can do all kinds of things without prosperity and without a lot of these things. But it's it's easier to receive what you need from God if you're going to use that thing for him first. You know... (laughs) It's, it's going to be hard to receive a cure that community hospital has if you've committed to St. Mary's Hospital. They may have different abilities to help. And if you're, a commu- if you're not a community, but you're at St. Mary's or vice versa, and the other one has the cure you need, you probably should get over there. Right. Kind of like the employer-employee thing. I love everybody in our city, but I'm not going to give them a paycheck every week as if they work for the church because they're working in other places. It's kind of like that with the Lord. It's like, he's our father. He'll take care of us. But there are some rewards. There's some power. There's some increase that he's really not obligated to pour into us if we're doing things he never told us to do in living ways he never wanted us to live in the first place. And really, it's a love issue. I mean, how many of you are all excited about giving a meth addict, alcoholic son all kinds of money who you know would kill themselves if you gave it to him? It's love not to do it. So all the provisions from God are for the purpose of fulfilling his purpose for our life. I got to say that again. All the provisions of God made available to us, all the provisions of God are for the purpose of fulfilling his purpose for our life. So what does that tell us? If you want the full provision, be fully excited about his plan for your life, which is amazing, royal, Powerful. Do you understand that the devil and demons are going to tell you constantly, if you really follow God's plan for your life, you won't like it. 
That's his word. The devil is constantly trying to convince people they won't like God's perfect will for their life, which is stupid, ridiculous, crazy, absurd. Are you kidding me? The Bible says God's plan for your life is to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. Job, Job said, if you serve and obey the Lord your God, you will spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. God said, if you will, if you will be willing and obedient to his will for your life, you will eat and use up the best of the land. And last I checked, a Tesla Roadster is from the land. It didn't come from outer space. It's from, he's not just talking about eating veggies and fruit. He's talking about using up the resources in the land and you'll use the best of it if you're willing and obedient to God's call upon your life and his plan for your life. Right? Did you know God doesn't care if you have 10 roadsters as long as he's first in your life? He'll actually help you get some of these things because he knows his faithful servants are going to need some enjoyment a little bit in, the, in between work zones, right? And he said he'd give you richly all things to enjoy. Now, many people want healing, but when you're fulfilling God's purpose for your life, you need healing. That's a little meaty, I understand. Many people want healing, but when you're fulfilling God's purpose for your life, it goes from want to need. Now, here's a very thought-provoking question, and I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I'm only saying it because I believe we can come up some. What if you had to be healed? What if something in your purpose and in your life said you have to have it? I don't know if you remember this. I'm going to quote it to you. In uh, Acts chapter 27, Paul was on a boat in Roman custody headed to Rome because he appealed to Caesar and because he was a Roman citizen, they were taking him out of respect for Rome's policies. He was a Roman. They were taking him as a, as a, as a prisoner because the Jews had accused him of some false accusations. And he's headed to Rome. And he told them not to sail because he had a witness from the Spirit of God that the voyage would be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but of their lives. Well, the captain and the weatherman got together and the owner of the ship and they said, nah, the south winds are blowing softly. This Paul guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Let's launch out to Rome. Everything's going to be all right. Well, not too long after that, the greatest storm any of them ever seen had come down on that, that, that ocean. And they, like to all, died. And Paul came up from below and said, guys, you should have listened to me and not loose from Crete and brought all this harm and damage. But he said, an angel of God appeared to me. And the angel of God said, Paul, you must, everybody say must. must. Paul, you must, you have to be brought before Caesar. It is the purpose of God for your life to witness to him and all of Rome. You must, you have to be brought before Caesar. And then Paul said, you know what? Whose I am and whom I serve is going to deliver us from this storm. We're all going to escape to land safely. We're going to lose the ship, but nobody's life is going to be lost. And it happened exactly like Paul said. Do you know why Paul couldn't die in a storm they were all supposed to die in? Because he had to go to Rome. His purpose wouldn't let him die. And it caused his faith to rise up. And he said, wherefore, sirs, I believe God. It's going to be even as the angel told me. And they believed God. And the whole, all 200, some of them, got saved from physical death. 
because one man on board was a believer. You know, if these airlines really knew, they'd say, we got to have one believer on every flight. You know, we, we, we got, and we'll let them fly first class free. That's better than having a parachute built into your plane, man. You got God on your plane. Well, because of Paul and his faith, they all survived. They all got to land safely. And Paul gets to land and, and there they're warming themselves by the fire and all the people of the island are helping them and, you know, and blessing them with food and, and a place to stay. And Paul reaches into a, a stack of woods, a wood to put a log on the fire and a viper comes out of him. A deadly, venomous beast latches onto his hand so we knew it bit him and he had to shake it off in the fire. And all the people on the island said, surely this man must be a murderer because even though the vengeance of the sea suffers him to live, he's dead now by this viper. They knew, they saw loved ones get bit by this very viper. Paul shakes it off after it bites him. It falls into the fire and after about an hour or two, the barbarians of the island are going, wait a second. This guy must be a god. <laughs> he ain't no murderer. He must be a god, man. This, he, he's supposed to fall dead. Why couldn't he die in a shipwreck that was supposed to kill him? Why couldn't he die because of a snake bite? He had a purpose that he had to fulfill. You have a purpose you have to fulfill. Storms can't stop you. Epidemics can't stop you. Veminous beasts can't stop you, right? The devil can't stop you. This is such a powerful truth. I don't think people have looked into this deep enough yet, but there are, there are things that God has for you and for me that are absolutely royal and divine. And with us fulfilling that plan and purpose, comes all the resources we will ever need in this life to do what he told us to do and to stay joyful the whole time. Now, don't, don't think I'm saying that living for God means no problems, but it does mean you overcome them all. And actually, how sweet victory is. Anybody like the taste of victory? Anybody like that taste of victory? Well, guess what? No battles, no victories. Smith Wigglesworth, who, who's a great man of faith, lived early, in the early 1900s, he said, he says, you want some great victories? Then you're going to have to encounter some great battles. The Lord never promised we'd have no battles, but he did promise we always win. So anytime you see a battle coming your way that says it's over, your life's altered forever, you'll never make it out of this, you look at that battle and you say, ha, ha. Just because of you, just seeing you battle reminds me that I always win. I always win. Just say this, I always win. Say this, I never lose. Somebody says, you're arrogant. You say, no, I'm confident. 2 Corinthians 2.14 is God talking to me. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes me to triumph in Christ. Triumph means there's going to be some battles. Right? God can't reward us for doing something he never called us to do. Are you, did you guys get to Genesis 24 yet? <laughs> and we're going to look at verse 12 out of the Living Bible. Uh, this is Abraham's servant. He's out looking for a son, or excuse me, out looking for his son, a daughter of the B 
people of Laban to marry. And so look here, if you put it up on the screen, Genesis 24, 12 out of the New Living Translation, please. Ah, uh, that's 24.12. Yeah, I want the TLB. Do we not have the TLB? No, you don't. Okay, so you don't have to strain your eyes. Just listen right here, all right? The Today's Living Bible says, O Jehovah, the God of my master, Show kindness to my master Abraham and help me to accomplish the purpose of my journey. Help me, God, to accomplish the purpose of my journey. Abraham's servant prayed this so he would get the right wife for Isaac. He prayed this that he might fulfill what his master had called him to do. I thought it would be good right now to all of us pray this. Heavenly Father, help, no, hold on a second. Let me tell you what it is first. Heavenly Father, help me to fulfill the purpose of my journey here on the earth. Will you pray that with me? Will you release faith for it? Friend, so many people are spinning around, uh, stirring up dust and gravel, going nowhere according to what God's called them to do. We really need God's help in this area. He's got a purpose for your life. He's got a purpose for my life. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too tall. You're not too short. doesn't matter what country you're from. You have a purpose from God, and it's amazing, and only you can fulfill it. So pray this with me and really expect the Lord to answer it. Say this, Heavenly Father, help me to accomplish your purpose for my journey on this planet. I expect revelation, help from heaven to fine-tune this purpose, and I will fulfill it in Jesus' name. Oh. Now, um, you can turn to Job 30, verse 23, if you want, but if you don't have the Today's Living Bible on the overhead, you don't have to put it on the screen. But in Job chapter 30, anybody remember Job? Blessed man. Had a bad year. <laughs> really, he had a bad year. But man, was he a blessed man. He had hit some stuff. Some stuff had hit him and his children and his family. His own wife freaked out and said, curse God and die. And he said, you're a foolish woman. And he stayed with God. He made some mistakes, but he kept moving forward. And God blessed him so much and so powerfully. He's one of the richest men in the Bible. He's very blessed, prosperous, had an amazing family. But he went through some stuff. And while he was going through that stuff, the devil lied to him and the devil told him that God's purpose for your life is to kill you. He has some strange, mysterious reason for you to die, Job. And this is what it said in Job 30, 23. Job said, I know, God, that your purpose for me is death. How messed up is that? Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Contrasting it to the works of the devil, 
that he has come to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. And Job here, he fell for it. Has anybody ever fell for these things of the enemy in times of of, of pressure, in times of sickness or or disease? Or why isn't it working? Why isn't this happening? I thought this Christianity stuff was better than the world. I had it better in the world. At times like that, the devil's going to come to you and say, this is your purpose to suffer, to do without you scuzzball, you backslidden buzzard, you whatever. And the devil will lie to you and say, your purpose is to die young and to be miserable and to lose everything you have. And maybe you'll make it into heaven. What's that? That's the devil. I don't care how bad you've messed up. I don't care how many people you've hurt. I don't care how many times you've lied, how flaky and perverted you've gotten in your past. What's happened has happened. It's what you do afterwards that counts. You can come up. You can be you can go from the most dishonorable person in this city to the most honorable person in this city in a year's time. I'm telling you, God can restore anyone from anything. It says his mercy mercy reaches to the lowest hell. Are you following me? Say this honor. Honor can be restored. restored. David did some very dishonorable things, including murdering one of his own soldiers. But the Bible says years after that, David died a good old age full of days, riches, and honor. Honor can be restored. Hmm? Well, no matter what the enemy has said to you, your purpose in God is still intact. And it's full of life, power, victory, and amazing influence for him in this earth realm everywhere you go. Um, Carl and I were talking about some of these things just yesterday and the day before yesterday. We have a meeting every morning with coffee and tea in our house. And and we were talking about some of these things. And as we were talking, this kind of came out of us that it's time to, to get this unclear purpose problem fixed. And I know we'll have to deal with it ongoing because more new people will come in. They'll need to hear these things as well. But do you realize, friend, as a believer, you have a high calling, heavenly vision, purpose from God in this life to primarily influence people for Jesus. I guess you could call witness for Jesus. Do you realize your job is not your purpose? That job is to help you fulfill your purpose of being an influence for Jesus about the people in that area. Your career is not your purpose in life. I don't care how amazing it is and how many years of higher education you had to go to get that career. That is not your purpose. That is your job to help you fulfill your purpose. Because your purpose has to do with influencing people for Jesus. Because of Jesus in you, he wants you to share that Jesus with people around you. And if that's your heart and you catch this vision and this purpose, I'm telling you, things will start to swing in the line. Things will start to shape up in your home. Things will start to happen in your finances. Because now you are recognizing, wait a second. This career isn't my purpose and witnessing for Jesus, a side issue. No, I am a witness for Jesus on the remaining time on this planet. And this job is going to help me fulfill my purpose from God, which is influencing people for Jesus. Now, every one of you who have been coming to this church for three weeks or more, you are well equipped to be a witness for Jesus. 
You, you are not just hearing what pastor knows. You're supposed to be receiving what you're supposed to do. And everybody in this church, that if you've been coming to this church for any time at all, you are right now qualified and ready to have a neighborhood Bible study. You say, Pastor, that sounds arrogant. You're saying that all your teachings is... Ha-? No, I'm saying what the Lord is saying through me to us all, that we are all well able to have Bible studies, lead people to the Lord, and get them filled with the Spirit. And prove to them it's not weird, but it's weird not to be filled with the Spirit. Every one of us. And if you, t- you talk about depression leaving you like a snowball melting on a hot August sunny day, you talk about your light getting brighter and brighter. You talk about things. The Bible says when you get involved with your purpose, your light will break forth as the morning and your darkness will become as noonday. That's simply no more depression. You tapped into your calling, your purpose, and now things are coming into sync the way things are supposed to be. Everything you need to help you fulfill that purpose is showing up in your life. Isaiah 58 says, when you start operating in the purpose that God has for your life, depression will leave you. You know why a lot of people are depressed? Because somewhere down inside, they're not sure if they're doing God's will or not. They're not sure if they're in the right path or not. They're not sure if they're, you know, pleasing God or not. Well, friend, you can be sure. It's simple. I'm going to show you before this service is over one scripture to show you what your purpose is. And there's many others to confirm it. But when you see this and you realize this and you start being involved, we're going to have to switch. You've got to make a switch on the inside of you. This is no longer my purpose. This is my job to help me fulfill my purpose. All the things I've said before this part right here, you need to go back and listen to because this is how the full provision of God can start manifesting in your life. I mean, can you, can you imagine needing something when you're doing what He told you to do? I submit unto you, you're not going to have to pray for a bunch of stuff when you're fulfilling His purpose for your life. It's just going to be added to you. Ever read that? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, His plan for your life, His will for your life, and all these things will be added unto you. Well, that's not talking about prayer at all. They're just going to be added to you while you're doing His will for your life, while you're putting Him first. All these other things that everybody's aging prematurely to get are just going to be added to you. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) You can't pray for things that only putting God first will bring into your life. He's gonna, you're going to have to realize eventually that some of these things are a result of putting God first, not just crying out to God every day. And friend, remind yourself, remind yourself what is serving the Lord? What, what, is it, what does it mean to follow God's plan for your life? Well, it means you're going to have a wonderful future, great hope, protection from harm, prosperity, days of heaven on earth, Anything that tries to make you feel otherwise or think otherwise is of the enemy. Greatest thing you could ever do in your life is the will of God for your life. You need to be very interested in the written will of God and the Spirit of God bearing witness in your heart will of God if you want to have a great life. And this is where we got to get a vision and a revelation. Pastor and a few leaders are not the only ministers in this church. We are all ministers of God 
in this church. Yes, we flow by certain core values. Yes, we stay within the heavenly vision and, and confines of what the Lord's told us to do in this church. But other than that, sky's the limit. So let me read you a couple other scriptures here. In Luke chapter 5, verse 32, Jesus said, My purpose is to invite sinners to turn from their sins, not to spend my time with those who think themselves already good enough. Well, if you're a part of Jesus, this purpose falls on us. What's his purpose? To invite sinners to turn from their sins, not to spend time with those who think they're already good enough. Well, I think King James says something like this. Son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Well, that's part of our vision and purpose. All right. Okay. I'm getting that look from the front row like something's wrong. Is my zipper down? Is there something wrong though, really? Okay. All right. So let me read you, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we'll read it out of the King James, um, and then we'll read it out of this uh, Living Bible translation, which is a modern translation, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10. So in the King James, and you can put the King James up on the screen if you, guys, if you want to. We'll read that first here. He says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So Paul's writing to the church saying, you guys, just you need to get into unity here. You know, stop all this little bickering stuff. I believe in mass. I don't believe in mass. I believe in the vaccine. I don't believe in the vaccine. Just stop all that stuff. We've got much higher, higher things to think about. Can I get a witness? I said, I said, there's a lot higher things to think about. And if we'll think about those things, these things won't be a problem. That was one of the best things you heard this morning, what I just said right there. The Lord helped me to say. Now, I'm going to read this to you out of the, you can take that off the screen. I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Bible. It says, but dear brothers, I beg you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to start to stop arguing among yourselves. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Let there be real harmony so that there won't be splits in the church. How many, of you, how many think, well, I'll just put our foot down and say, devil, you may be dividing the world, our country, and our state, and our city, but you will not divide the church. Yes. We will not get into this petty, bickering, low-level stuff. We have kingdom business to do. We will not break rank, and we will fulfill our calling from our king. We will stand strong. We will... We will <sighs> We will decrease your influence in our lives. We don't want any part of the enemy. Divisions of the devil in the areas that we're looking at in, in, this, in the country and, and all this is happening. It's like, really? I actually thought the church was a little more mature than this. And then I start looking at myself thinking, what have I not done as a pastor? 
I'm sure other pastors are asking the same thing. But listen what he said here. Let there be real harmony so that there won't be splits in the church. I plead with you to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. United in thought and purpose. Did you ever ask the question, why are you still here if heaven's better for the Christian? You did know that heaven's better than the earth for the Christian. Actually, that's, that's unscriptural. It's far better than this earth. Don't ever forget this. For the believer in Jesus, this earth is as bad as it gets. For the unbeliever, this earth is as good as it gets. Think about that. And this is one of the reasons we should be clarifying our purpose and start depopulating hell as quickly as possible and seeing that heaven is way more populated because there are people right now in your neighborhood that if you or someone doesn't reach them for Jesus, pretty soon there's going to be a great gulf fixed between you and them and you can never contact them again. While you're in heaven and they're not, it's over. You couldn't pass to them if you wanted to, and they couldn't come to you if they wanted to. But right now, they're 50 yards away from you. How many think it's time to throw fear out? Throw caution to the wind, be led by the Spirit, and go talk to them. And go and bring them some cookies. And when the door opens, tell them about church, how they would love it if they would come. What are you doing? You're fulfilling your purpose and you're opening the door to all the provisions of fulfilling his purpose. So not only are they going to get blessed, you're going to get blessed in the process and you're going to go, why didn't I start this decades ago? All right, so I plead with you to be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. So 1 Corinthians 9, 26, um, you can turn there in the King James if you want, but I'll read it here out of the, uh, the New Living. It says, Paul said, I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. Paul the Apostle, our brother. Listen to what he said here. So I run, oh, they got it, look at that. So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. That's Paul the Apostle. How many want purpose in every step? You know, none of this, oh, what do I want to do today? Golly, life's sure boring. Well, get saved and follow God's plan for your life and you won't even know what boredom means anymore. Come on, what does it say? Did you know, did you know when you're fulfilling God's purpose for your life, you're part in the church, you're outreach, you're being a witness for Jesus. Did you know that you don't even have time to criticize other people? If you have, if you have time to criticize other people, all that shows is you are not doing what God calls you to do because you'd be so busy you wouldn't have time to criticize. You wouldn't have time to put down. You wouldn't have time to think wrong about. If you're thinking about junk toward other people or you have all these weird, quirky things on the inside of you, you are not following God's purpose for your life because if you were following God's purpose for your life, you'd have no room for that stuff. A lot of people, I'm bored. I I, um, (laughs) I'm on social media a little bit. I don't like it very much other than being able to get the word out and tell people happy birthday once in a while. But I'm not on social media a whole lot, um, but I am. Um, there's a lot of people sinning through social media today. I mean, a lot of sins are taking place. And it's, it's really not funny because it's, it's in the area of judgment. And Jesus said, if you keep judging, you will be judged. Unless you repent, you're going to wish you were not talking so bad about people. You know, I, I just recently... Um, you know, we get things through Facebook posts, we get things through Messenger, we get things through emails and all that. And I just recently 
I am. Um, I had to unsubscribe from some things. I had to say, don't send me any more literature because what I was, whether it's a video or a post or whatever, I, I was not, um, I, I, I didn't want to be a partaker of what I was hearing. I don't like judging. I don't like talking bad about other people. And I just going to stop it if it keeps up. And so I've had to unsubscribe. I've had to say, don't say, I've, I've told family members close family members, nobody in the church here today, but close family members, I don't want your correspondence anymore. Take me off of your list. Why? Because I severely disagree with the railing and the accusations. I don't put up with it. I don't let it in my computer, in my house or in my office. I don't like it. I don't like the spirits that come with it. You know, they just, they got such legitimate reasons to say this and to say that. And well, I figure if Michael, the archangel in contending about the body of Moses did not bring a railing accusation against Satan himself, but said, the Lord rebuke you, then why do I think, why do I think I could just slam people? It's wrong. It's immature. It's devilish and it's dangerous to keep doing that, especially if you're not a baby Christian. If you're a baby Christian, there's more mercy and more slack. But if you know better, you need to refrain your tongue from evil and your lips that they speak no guile or it will not go well with you and you will not live long on the earth. It's truth. God's very patient. He'll give people days, weeks, months, years, sometimes decades. But if you don't fix some things, you know, and have a heart of repentance towards some things and just, it's not safe to keep railing and accusing people of things. Whether we like or approve of or voted for Joe Biden to be president of the United States, he is operating in presidential capacity. And if we talk bad about him and stop praying for him, it's our fault for his dumb decisions if he makes them. Jesus said to Kenneth Hagin, the prophet of God, he said, tell my people that a lot of these problems through politicians is because the church is not praying for kings and all that are in authority like they're supposed to. And he said, you tell them that if they don't pray, darkness will overtake, things will happen, terrible things, your children will be affected, you'll be affected. And he said, I'm going to hold the church responsible for Watergate. I'm going to hold them responsible for things since then, problems through government leaders. He said, I'm going to hold them responsible. He appeared to Kenneth Hagin in a vision and told him this. You can read it in his book, I Believe in Visions. You can read it in uh, The Art of Intercession, The Art of Prayer book. And he said, son, he told Brother Hagin, Jesus talking to him. He said, listen, you're going to tell some people what I just told you and they're going to laugh. But he said, they will not laugh when they're standing before me at that great day. That's a little side journey. (laughs) Um, But I had to... uh, I just had to say to some people, you know, uh, don't send me that stuff anymore. I don't want it. E- even, even family. I'm just not going to. I don't agree with it. It's wrong. So you want to see another scripture? <laughs> We're almost done here. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Man, if you still have that uh, TLB, guys, that's awesome. So if you have first, uh, excuse me, Philippians chapter 1 and verse 27 in that same translation, then that would be great so we could see it while I'm reading it. Look at that. Great. So if you don't have a TLB, look on the screen. Whatever happens to me, Paul said, remember always to live as Christians should. 
so that whether I ever see you again or not, I will keep on hearing good reports that you are standing side by side with one strong purpose to tell the good news. Man, if Christians would just cut in half a lot of the junk they've been saying on Facebook and tell the good news, people would be changed. How about we promote good news? It does say that overcome evil with good. Why don't we use our time and our resources to tell the good news? Jesus is the answer to COVID. By his stripes, ye were healed. He has redeemed you from the curse of disease. He's still a miracle working Jesus today. I mean, what, if we, what if we just talked about, what if we overrode evil with good? What if we overrode Facebook with this good? What if we talked about the answer instead of the problem? What if we talked about angels instead of darkness? What if we talked about the power of God instead of the power of the enemy? What if we overrode evil with good? What if we used it as a tool to reach souls, to be an influence for Jesus? And let's show them that Jesus is not weird and crazy. Everything other than Jesus is weird and crazy. Why don't we show them that being filled with the Spirit of God is not weird, but it's very, very practical and powerful for your business and your family and your kids and your marriage and your life. So well, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not a preacher. You can totally do it. You've been well equipped. Go back to your notes, listen to the archives and just start doing it. Do you know if everybody in this room would have a neighborhood Bible study by Christmas, we would be six, seven hundred people in this auditorium. Because of the people that would want to follow you to your church after they see your love and your zeal and your passion for God. And all the wonderful benefits that go with it. You know, people like benefits, you know. So in 2 Timothy chapter 1, like I said, we're about to close here, but look at 2 Timothy 1, same translation, in verse 3. 2 Timothy 1, 3, out of that same translation. Look on the screen, guys. Paul said, How I thank God for you, Timothy. I pray for you every day and many times during the long nights I beg my God to bless you richly. He is my Father's God and mine, and my only purpose in life is to please Him. Did you hear that? My only purpose in life is to please him. Now we're getting down to it, aren't we? Now you're going to be very interested in what pleases the Lord and what displeases the Lord. And there's a lot of things that displease him that we haven't taken serious. They that are in the flesh cannot please God. You know, our purpose in this life is to be an influence for the one who saved us. Because we don't want to be going to heaven without some company that we are responsible for inviting and bringing. I used to think the greatest thing in my life was going to heaven when I die. And then I realized how sad it would be if I got there and I didn't bring anybody with me. Anybody ever been to a Broadway play or a show or a concert that just blew you away better than you ever thought it was? And you're going, oh, I can't believe I didn't invite my friends. I cannot believe. I'm here hearing this and experiencing this. I should have called all my friends. Well, heaven's a little more important than a concert. One thing better than going to heaven is bringing somebody with you. 
And you need to start saying, I can do it. I'm an able minister of the New Testament. I can have a Bible study. I can witness for Jesus. It's easy if you're really sold out yourself. You know, it should be overflow, not scrape the bottom of the barrel. Let's see if I can get this out. You should be so full of God every day of your life that somebody just touches you and, and words of love come out and words of truth come out. I mean, Carl and I find ourselves regularly at the mall and other places in the grocery store. Just we just a little crack and a door opens, you know, because you can be obnoxious, but we're not going to be obnoxious, but we're not going to be ashamed either. Just a little crack opens. You can tell perfect opportunity to invite him to church. So you know what I do? I do what's real to me. I go. You should come to our church. You would absolutely love it. And I mean it when I say it because I love it. I've always loved it. Pastoring, not pastoring, right. years before I pastored, I've always loved it. Right. If you can't say that, you need to either go to the altar of that church and renew your life in God or find the church you're supposed to be in because if you can't say you'd love my church, you need to get to a place where you can say you would love my church. Come with me, I'll buy you lunch afterwards. Amen. We've done it many times. There's many people in our church say that we've invited candies. A lot of people have seen this. We can all do this and it's your purpose. And you know what this purpose requires? Well, it's hard to have a Bible study if you're laid up in bed for three weeks. So guess what God's going to have to do? He's going to have to heal you up so you can get out of bed and have that Bible study. That's a part of his purpose for your life. You see how this attracts the things that we've been praying for? Following God's plan and purpose for your life attracts the things you need for that purpose to be fulfilled. Oh, church, do you see this? Finally, last scripture, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts 1, this can be out of the King James. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you, believer, talking to all Christians everywhere, but you, believer, shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you, believer, this is Jesus talking, you now shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth, which includes Grand Junction. Sweet Ola. That's us. Right? We're, we're the uttermost part. We're in, we're, in the, we're in the Bible. And this scripture says that now that we're believers, we have a purpose. And Paul said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. See, you can have a vision. Your mommy can have a vision for you. Your daddy can have a vision for you. The world can have a vision for you. Your friends can have a vision for you. The devil has a vision for you. And then there's a heavenly vision. And Paul said, I wasn't disobedient to the heavenly vision. I'm going to tell you what your heavenly vision is. You ready? You are called to be a witness or an influence for Jesus everywhere you go. And that is your high calling. That is your purpose. If that's just a side issue to you, no wonder you're having such a hard time receiving help from the Lord because you're on a road that he really can't fully support. But if you're involved, if if you will realize your purpose, I'm an influence for Jesus. I'm an influence for Jesus. Oh, guys, your life is going to spring forth. Your light is going to break forth like the morning. Things are going to start happening on the inside of you and on the outside of you because I'm telling you, God is very particular about who he pours tons of support in. But if you can show him that you want his purpose for your life more than anything, you'll have no trouble in life pursuing that purpose or 
enjoying things along the way that you've been trying to get through thousand prayers. Say this, I'm an influence for Jesus. And my job helps me to fulfill my purpose. We told the people a while back, and I know we got help Sunday coming up, that serving in the church is not just serving in the church, it's fulfilling your purpose as a part of the body of Christ. Connect it to your purpose, not just, hey, I guess this needs to get done and they don't have anybody else to do it. It's your purpose to help. It's your purpose to help the church God's called you to. It's your purpose. It's not just a side issue or a job. Somebody says, well, someday I'm going to have this amazing purpose in my life. And you're missing God's purpose right now. And you never get to it if you don't stay faithful right where you're at. It won't even happen. You have to look at right now as the greatest thing in your life. Because you don't have to. God wants you doing right now something. And one of the things he wants you doing is he wants you being an influence for him everywhere you go. Well, pastor, I don't know if I can do that. Stop saying that. Why well, does not think I can do that? Stop talking yourself into defeat. But I can't. I tried. Stop it. But I tried once to stop it. You declare from this day forward, I'm an influence for Jesus. Yes. Words flow out of me. I have no problem inviting people to church. Duh, of course I'll start a neighborhood Bible study. I've only got a few more clicks on this planet and it's over. I'm going to do what I can for the Lord. High calling, here I come. Heavenly vision, let's go. I've come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Friend, if you're not seeing souls saved on a regular basis, either through your part in the church or individually out there, you're not fulfilling your purpose. You're busy, but you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You can be super busy and totally out of the will of God. You're an influence for Jesus. I'm an influence for Jesus. And he's not weird, so don't be weird. You know, by mechanically trying to do something out of fear or, or I have to do this or else. Guys, the best way, and we know this with our kids and our grandkids, and every, we know this, that we didn't need a thousand books on how to raise kids. We just knew if we were totally on fire for God and our kids saw the blessings in our life, they'd want it too. And they're serving in the church today, kids and grandkids. But it's the same way in witnessing. Just get so in love with the Lord. Just get so filled with His Word and realize, okay, I've been going down a wrong road. Okay, I've been distrusting that God's way is the best way. I've been thinking my way is the best way. The only way I'm going to get my house paid off if I do this. The only way I'm going to get this new car if I do this. No, you'll get all that stuff added to you if you'll do the will of God. It's a faith issue. Trust God who can do better for you than you can do for you. Because when you're involved in helping people get to heaven and influencing people for Jesus, there's no cap on the resources, guys. He will add things to your life you could never add to yourself. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 